Welcome to the Indie Comics section. Join us as we take you through the pages of some of the best stories and art available in comics. We'll talk to creators, hear about their inspiration and creative process, and then we'll read their comic and discuss it together. We hope you'll join us on this journey into some incredible comics and find some new favorites along the way. Are we we're doing it? We're doing the thing? It's 102. Ooh, it's a sequel oh, to two. the interview that we just had about <laughs> the sequels. Whoa! The, se- Whoa! the sequel to the sequels. Yeah. There's a lot of energy in this room, and I like it. I like where we're starting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Have you met me? I'm Tyler, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome everybody to another episode of your almost favorite podcast, Indie Comics. Your your fourteenth favorite podcast, Indie Comics. And someday we hope to be your thirteenth favorite. And we'll we're really we're striving for Lucky it. Lucky thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> we're on our way. Um, I'm your host, Maddie. And this is Jeff. And this is uh, uh, unfortunately Tyler. Unfortunately, for you. <laughs> So did you just add a new name in front of your name that I used to Tyler. know you? Yeah, so I'm just going to call you unfortunately Tyler's my middle now? name. You didn't know that? <laughs> oh, okay. Why do you think it's going to say on his tombstone. Yeah. Unfortunately, Tyler. Yeah, unfortunately is my first name. <laughs> Hence why I go by Tyler. So, unfortunately, Tyler McPhail. <laughs> here lies, unfortunately, Tyler, Tyler McPhail. Somebody McPhail else could have totally been here. However, we had to give it to Tyler. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> oh, dear. Don't die. <laughs> No, uh, that should be a comic. Welcome to, yeah, speaking of comics, <laughs> it's Indie Comics, and we're so happy to have you back. See, Tyler, now that's a segue. Thank you. Oh, well, that segue was one of those things where, like, where a guy, like, fell off a cliff and then... <laughs> stop, just stop. You're, d- you're done. I'm cutting you off. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of things that were not cut off, look at that other segue. The sequels. <laughs> it's, this is honestly, I know I say this a lot because I really love comics, but... Fan base, fan base press has done it again. Mm-hmm. This comic is so it's there. I feel like fan base is really good at finding these incredible artists and writers who are good at telling a story that is, you know, a, a small little narrative. Like yeah. it's, it's four issues. Listen, Barbara, Barbara and Bryant, Bryant. I know you're not listening to this. If you are, <laughs> if you, you are one of our three and a half listeners, if you are listening to this, text me and, and tell me meow, meow. <laughs> Um, but if you are, if you are, listening, I will say this. I feel like Barbara and Bryant just want to make comics that means they love, yeah. honestly, and that they, that they know that, uh, that, you know, that other people are too afraid to put out, but they know would actually sell well. And every single book that I've read from them and that we have, that we've done on this podcast, like Hero Hotel, The Margins, and now this one are unbelievable. I, I, Kinsey, Kinsey. That's one of my favorite comics I've Absolutely. ever read. Another Eisner Award uh, nominee and uh, oh, winner or nominee? Nominee. nominee. Should have been winner. They were should've robbed. Absolutely should have I forget what, won. what one. I'm sorry for whatever one. It was but stupid. Robbed. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> it was not as good as Kinsey. That's all I'm Kinsey saying. Kinsey was amazing. But uh, I, I will say this. Uh, like, I, I think that Fanbase Press is one of my favorite, yeah. uh, my absolute favorite publishers. And again, please text me meow meow. I'm not joking. Uh, <laughs> the secret code. You I love win friends. a prize. Um, and so no, but like, but, oh my god, they're just so intuitive. Like these stories, you know me, guys. I'm all about the story and like, what can you take away from it, and what are you learning? And for me, I feel like all of fan bases' stories are 
they give you something to take away. They give you a purpose and something to think about. It's not just, okay, I read that and I had a good time, which is great. I mean, those comics have a huge place in entertainment and in the world and in independent comics. But for me, indie comics are that special place where, like, of course, you can get something out of a superhero story. But these are really creative, really unique stories that feature characters you maybe wouldn't see normally and and elements and and weird, interesting, off-the-wall stuff that you just don't see in the mainstream comics. As I, you know, swish my line and say, well, you know, those mainstream comics. I I say, how much of that have you been drinking? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's it's something that's different and it's unique and it's these stories that maybe wouldn't see the light of day without amazing publishers like Fanbase that are, yeah. you know, collecting all these incredible people together to tell the stories that matter to them. I, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't talk about a lot of other. Um, I guess people who have podcasts, uh, you know, like not, they're not competition because I don't see anybody as competition. Because honestly, we're all wow. doing this. We're all doing the same podcast. Oh. Let's be real. Um, but like, <laughs> I was gonna say because Indie Comics is the best. We don't have oh, God, any competition. No. Oh god, no. <laughs> but listen, three and a half listeners. I, I absolutely love fan base. Everything they do, the articles, yeah. their podcast, their comics, and also Barbara celebrating and, their hundredth episode. Whoop whoop. Yeah, and Barbara and Bryant. Um. I everything about fan base press is essentially like essentially like what I want GGG to kind of like be able to like to be able to do in spirit like I don't want to be content uh, like, I, I, uh... I, I don't want to make comics but I want us to be like a more inclusive thing but have a spirit that Barbara and Bryant just basically exube I'm gonna let you finish Tyler but the GGG is celebrating places like fan base so I think we're doing it that's true. Boom. Yeah, We're working with say. our friends and people that actually have like the same positive energy that it we're is. looking for. It's a and community. And we're, we're celebrating people like Fanbase and like all of and there's so many other amazing comic publishers. Yeah. Like we're gushing about Fanbase right now, but there's um, so many others that we feature all the time and that we again, love. Again, meow, meow. Anyway. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and, and we're here to celebrate them and to celebrate these storytellers. And I think the sequels is a great a great story about stories, right? It's about looking at something that was formative for you when you were younger, yep. which a lot of these stories are about coming of age, right? And this does a really cool thing to me where it hits you when you're young and it's those formative things and like what media and what stories and what adventures did you have when you were young and then takes you to an adult place and say, okay, well, what is it like now? Yeah. How did that affect you? It kind of skips that adolescent period and really focuses on where are you 10, 20 years later? What did you guys think of it? Did you love it as much as me? Yes, absolutely. I love this art, but we're going to talk about that later. But I, I love, okay, I love Norm. I think he's actually yeah. absolutely one Phenomenal. of my favorite uh, writers um, with the Eisner Award nominee, uh, Ricky Tiki Tavi. Um, he, he is unbelievable. I, 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 I love his writing. And so, yes. <laughs> yes Just, Jeff what yes. did you what all did about you think? this book I think for me it was all about I think it's all about the pop cultural references I think for me that's yeah. where, where where the pull-in was was the best I mean it just hits you right from the very beginning I mean just from the just from the art style to yeah. the, the the subtle uh, the, the subtle pop pop stuff that we see throughout the entire book whether it's movies or old shows or music of that era or anything I mean I mean that was basically an anthology of the 80s right there to me this, uh, this is an anthology of the 80s, but done in a very good narrative that even I was not expecting. This is definitely a sequel that is better than the original. 
Because there was no original. There was no original, but this book is amazing. <laughs> but the book is original. Ooh. It is true. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is so better than the original that it is the original. So basically, uh, and this is a, a content warning for y'all, we're not going to do any spoilers right now. We're going to talk about the book in general, but there are some twists and turns towards the end that make it a, a lot bigger and really, really cool. Please mm. go pick it up. Fanbase Press, the sequels, local comic book shop, online, wherever Fan- you get your comics. Fanbasepress.com. Yeah, check it out. But later on the podcast, and we'll warn you, don't worry. Tyler will make some cool sound effects or something, so you'll know. <laughs> but um, we will at the very, very end. <laughs> it may or may not be those sound effects. Um, at the very end, we'll talk a little bit about the ending. So if you have read it um, or don't care about spoilers, you can listen to that. But we will warn you right now, this is spoiler-free. Um, but basically, concept, there's four people who come together who have these crazy adventures as kids, you know, with aliens, with monsters, whatever. And they're kind of brought together um, by a stranger uh, to be in this sort of support group uh, of people who have come in contact with something crazy and weird. Um, and I thought that was super cool. Um, but to me, too, the the origins of this um, and that kind of kid phase of like, oh, you know, I met an alien or I met a robot and like how it affected them is this concept of... Um, and Norm talked about it a little bit in our interview with him, um, this nostalgia and what do you do with that and how yeah. does that affect you? And like, I feel like they kind of started with this disenchantment with youth and technology and films and why isn't the world more X, Y, and Z, right? As an adult, because mm-hmm. you look back to your childhood and you're like, oh, well, everything was so good then. And I had these experiences and like, why isn't the world different now? Like, why hasn't it changed in the way that I wanted it to change? And I thought that was really interesting. Mm. Yeah. Well, it just gets to the entire heart of the matter of nostalgia and everything. It's just, you know, you go back to what it was and what you think was probably good back then. Times change, and so does the tastes. And if it's anything, that's kind of what I see at the heart of each of our four protagonists. Yeah. That they realize that, you know, things coming out, maybe the sequel, once again, I'm plugging it in right there. (laughs) Maybe the sequel wasn't exactly what they were hoping it was going to be. I mean, we've all had had disappointment one, one way or another looking back on something. I mean, you look at your favorite show from the day and you look back on it as a adult and thinking like, Oh my God, how the heck could I have enjoyed that? <laughs> or you look at a sequel or something and you, and you know, it's geared to a modern audience and not mm-hmm. necessarily to you. And you're thinking like, why did they have to, why did they have to make a sequel? It was fine the way it was, or yeah. why did they need to reboot it or remake it? I mean, you know, just, it, and it happens all the time. Which is such a great point that Norm had made too, about, you know, that that was something he wanted people to take away from it was this concept of like, it's okay to remake things and to have a sequel. And if you don't like it, like that's cool too. You can love the original and like, maybe it's not for you. Yeah, exactly. And I think especially in modern day, you know, geek culture, nerd culture, whatever you want to call it, we have this kind of addiction to saying, well, it's not, it's not what it should be. Or even like, you know, there's new star Wars movies. Or it's, or they say, you know, that's, that's star Wars, but it's not my star Wars. Exactly. It's not like the originals. And it's like, well, does it have to be? Or look what the backlash was over the most recent Ghostbusters. Yeah. Well, and it's like, and a lot of people hated it and a lot of people loved it. Yeah, exactly. It's sometimes it's not about you and it's not for you. Sometimes it's about a new generation or like bringing in fans who didn't love it before and connecting with new people. And the original will always be what it was. But it also, you know, we have nostalgia. Like, this is a funny reference, but like Tyler was giving me a lot of crap about the new Kingdom Hearts game. Because Tyler, (laughs) have you even finished it yet? I have not finished yet because fuck that wow. game. <laughs> First wow. First of all, language. Second of all, you haven't even finished it, so you're I'm not allowed sorry, to speak Cap. about it. 
<laughs> I but understood that reference. Fin- <laughs> that was a really nice callback on both of your parts. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I will be Captain America in this scenario. Um, look, Kingdom Hearts, we all, well, many of us grew up with it. It was really formative to us as kids. It came out recently. To me, it feels very similar to the old ones, but we're different now. We're older. Mm. How do we look at it differently? And I think that's what you didn't like about it, Tyler, is you had expectations of having this crazy experience mm-hmm. like you did as a child, but really it just kind of gave you... Uh, no, I'm actually the exact opposite of that. I actually what? think that the spinoffs and that the newer games are better than the original games. Remember, I'm the person So who... why didn't you finish it? Um, <sighs> bad and... writing, uh, rushed, the it's game... It's not that bad. Play to the end, man. I know that, but yeah, the Kingdom Hearts thing. Uh, this is an aside. But anyways, the point is sometimes, you know, we react differently to things that are new because they're different or they're not what we expected. And you go in with a certain expectation. And I think yeah. that that's a really interesting thing to think about in life is, you know, what is your sequel and how do you live with it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. How do you let it resonate with you in a different way, even if it's not what you expected or not even what you wanted? But what I liked on the subtle side of that when they were talking about the uh, when the, the deeper message that's going about here and everything yeah. is that sometimes it's always best to not always be looking toward the past either. There has to mm-hmm. be a point at which you start have to start thinking, well, okay, things were great back then, but the next day can be great too if you want it to be. And that's kind of what I was seeing with these four protagonists right here. It's like they kept holding on to something that was an ideal of the past, but they kept letting the rest of life slip th- slip by them. Well, and, and I, even, yeah, like even, you know, um, what's his name? Avery mm-hmm. met a robot when he was younger and he has the scene, you know, right at the beginning where he says, well, why isn't technology keeping up with it? Like we should yeah. have had more robots like that. Like yeah, it's exactly. been 20 years, but like he could have gone and made a robot. He could have, but he did. I mean, he wrote, he, he went ahead and he did. Sure, and he chose him. his passion, but I'm just saying, you know, like, like instead of thinking, oh, I have the power to change this or investigate or to do something with it, they kind of just lived in the past. And I, but remember, it's also because he kind of had his idealized, uh, idealized vision of what, uh, of what, uh, what's Ollie. the robots, Ollie's, what, what Ollie was doing. It's like, he, li- he, he, he liked to think Jeff that he didn't, would... sorry, I'm just soaking it in. I know. This is the yeah. first time ever. Well, it's because Ollie's such an ordinary name to me. I mean, if it was some... a bird named Ollie, wow. I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Because <laughs> he looks like a big fat but remember, olive. But remember, he had his idealized vision of sure. what he's like. Hey, Ollie's, you know, he's running free in Canada and in and, yeah. and, and, and the wilds and everything. And, and course, don't we all have an idealist version of our past? Exactly. One way or another. But when he came to realize what Ollie was actually doing that entire time since he had grown up, it's like, oh. And that's, I think, where the disappointment comes in. Well, yeah, and you have this, like, you know, expectation versus reality. Mm-hmm. And so part of the story then, and I don't think this is a spoiler to say because it happens pretty quickly, um, is that one of the, the four main characters, Dakota, um, had a wishing stone from his storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they all decide that they're going to wish to kind of go back to their their original stories. And that's the, the sequel and the concept of sequels. And so each book kind of goes, each issue goes into, you know, one of their stories a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also connects into this main narrative of them in modern day and what, what's happening with all of this. Um, but there's this great quote that I really liked um, where uh, d- uh, they say, decades ago, we all touched something bigger than ourselves and then had it yanked away. This is our chance to touch that magic again. Our chance at a sequel, an in real life sequel. And just this idea of like, what would your, we asked this to to the amazing creators last last time, but what, what would, would your, your sequel, sequel be? be? Do you guys have sequels? Um, so much regret. Um, <laughs> Tyler's life is flashing before his eyes. I would. Um, 
Yeah, I think I would actually, when I first moved out here in California, I would have tried harder to be an actor. Hmm. You still could. I can. Dream big, princess. Yeah, that's true. Go big or go home. It's never too late. Take that past and make it a future. How about you, Jeff? Do you have a sequel? I think for me, I would have become an anime fan much sooner. (laughs) Respect. Oh, okay. Wow. I'm I'm Johnny come lately when it comes... Well, I had always been around anime, but I wasn't as much appreciative of it because I remember watching the old 80s ones when I was a kid and everything, but I never knew that that was actually anime or anything. Mm -hmm. I didn't really start to take a firm interest in anime until like the last two or three years ago. And now you have the whole rest of your life, though, to enjoy it. Oh, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, and and I'll tell you right now, I'm so I'm soaking it up like I, I can't even I can't even get enough of it, of it now actually. So if anything, I probably would have gone back to that part and would have been like, hey, you know what? Get to know this a little bit more, kid. I like that. Exactly. That's what I would do. I don't know if I have one. I feel really lame, especially because it's my question. But like, I feel really fortunate that at each phase in my life, I've kind of realized how good I had it, mm. which seems ridiculous. But like, I don't know. Like when I was in. I really started in college. Like I looked around and I was, I had such great friends and I was working so hard, but like, I feel like I knew how fortunate I was to be there and to be learning and to have such wonderful people in my life. And then even, you know, after that, I think there were some hard times, but also I recognized how lucky I was to have each phase of my life and have my like bachelorette time in my apartment. And like, now I'm with someone super amazing. Who's, you know, maybe listening to this podcast. Are you one of our three and a half listeners? Who knows? He better be. probably, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, and, and now I feel like I'm moving into another phase of my life and it's just, I feel like at each phase I've been so fortunate to have that and to experience it that I don't know that I, you know, really want or need a sequel, but I feel like maybe I could see myself later in my life wanting to come back to now, which sounds really crazy, mm-hmm. but that's also really special is like, you know, I, I think maybe that's the way we want to live our lives, right? Is like thinking of it as this is a time in my life I'd want to come back to. Boom. It becomes it becomes yeah. almost an ideal is what it becomes. Yeah, or like try to live your life in a way that you want, you know, you're in the story. My friend said something that is, this is slightly tangential, but also kind of important. My friend gave me the best relationship advice I've ever received, which was I was going through a breakup at the time. This was like six years ago. And um, she looked at me and she was like, Maddie, right now is the best part of your love story. You're at the beginning. You don't know how it's going to happen or how you're going to meet them or how it's going to unfold. But you're at the beginning. You're you're taking your first steps and it's the beginning of the romantic comedy and your life is going to change and you don't know when or how. How very how I met your mother. <laughs> it kind of is now that you say that. And yeah. she's a writer and she's fantastic and has a fiction series, a fantasy series of novels coming out hopefully soon. <laughs> um, but that always stuck with me so much that whenever I was going through something bad, I was like, you know what? This is just part of my like saga of the beginning of the movie. Right. And, mm-hmm. and I'm going to meet the guy. And like, I feel like, you know, now I have, and I'm, I'm in that now and it feels so good. And I just feel like we think about our lives. If we think about our lives more like stories, you know, what, what is our adventure mm-hmm. and what is our sequel then? And, you know, how do we look at our lives as an important part of our own narrative and, and live it that way? That was very philosophical, but. No, it was great, though. I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> thank, why, why, thank you. But I feel like this book no really <laughs> this book really made me think. It really made me sit down and think about, you know, what is life? What is our stories? How do mm-hmm. we look at the past and the present and, most importantly, the future? Mm-hmm. And, you know, really live in it and, and think about it in a different way. 
And I think that's a credit to this whole team of really putting it together. And I know, you know, I've talked about story a little bit. Tyler, you loved this. I mean, we all loved this art. Let's be real. It's yeah. incredible. Oh, yeah. Um, but you guys want to talk about the art a little bit? I like how, well, I, I know I've already said this and everything, but I love how at least the first page or even a couple of pages relied on There's the a old. few pages. On the old uh, Ben Day method that comic that comics used to do back in the day, and just for those that are unfamiliar with Ben Day was a process. It was developed back in the 19th century, but essentially it was creating the picture by doing tiny, tiny little dots and everything of various kind of shades and hues. So you would eventually you would get the picture by looking far enough. It would look like a solid picture, but the closer and closer and closer you look at it, it's just a big uh, jumble of dots here and there. That's how traditionally comics were always made until, you know, we had more advanced technologies coming about in the late 80s and early 90s. Now pretty much it's just all solid colors, and usually it's done all digitally now. So I really liked that nod to the old way of doing comics like that. And I have so many comics like that still in my <laughs> collection that I love to look back on. It's really cool. I love when people do cosplay from that time period and they'll do little dots on themselves. Oh, yeah, exactly. The cool do makeup. tiny little dots and all that. It's and really it's like, neat. It's like, oh, that's so cool. You guys did Ben Day on your cosplay. I love I it. I love that you know the word Ben Day. You're so cool. I, I can't you. handle it. That's... I mean, you use it so much, too. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. He's so smarter than us. Tyler, what did you think? You loved it. I love the art. I love all of it. Um, I love the fact that Bobby and Val um, just brought brought both of their um, kind of styles. But not only that, but like it, it works with the story. Yeah, and the the transition moments were so beautiful. Like that first moment that you see Avery and he goes from the the bende. Um, and those little, you know, the old 80s style into modern. And it's this really cool transition where it's completely the same character, but a wildly different style. Um, and, and they have a lot of those moments where it goes from one to another. And I just think it's so cool and so seamlessly done where it all worked together in a way that, you know, is really hard to accomplish. Yeah. And even just Val's horror coming out, you know, like the way that she does her horror art and like getting to play with some of the monsters and... And, and I mean, it was just really cool. And there were like so many funny moments, too, that I think they took advantage of in both, you know, the story and the art um, with, you know, they had Igor with Frankenstein and like yeah. some yeah. of those lines just like slayed me. And like, I, I just think it was such a great mix of, you know, intrigue and drama and comedy. And like, it just really had it all. Like, I think, you know, um, you know, because Bobby called it um, comic curious. And like, if you're comic curious, check something like this out. It was. It's like such a good transition yeah. into comics for people. Oh, yeah. And you can so easily say, you know, like, this is something you can just sit down. You can read it in a half an hour or an hour or two and a half hours if you're me. <laughs> read things are really slowly. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it has it all. It has something for everybody. And I think that was so special about it. Mm -hmm. And what about those covers, y'all? Those covers. Those covers. <laughs> Everything uh, about this book is amazing. Don Aguilo. Especially the fourth one. The fourth one, I think, is my favorite. I really liked the alien one, where the she's like one, up against the locker. Yeah, that one's pretty good, too. Oh, Don's cover art is phenomenal, and it looks like movie posters. Yep. Well, that's why I like the fourth one the most. That yeah. one looks like it's a movie-quality poster type thing. And that's that true. Just, oh, so great. Yeah, they were fantastic. And Val Halverson and Bobby Timoney... I always want to say Timothy. I'm sorry, Bobby. You probably get that all the time. Timony, which is actually a really cool name. Timony. I mean, Timony, Timony. all of the art in this cover art, 80s retro style art, modern art. I mean, it's all phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, I also loved, I have, you know, me and my quotes, and this one had some good ones. 
Um, there's this amazing quote from issue two um, where Gwendolyn and her alien friend are running all around. And she, you know, says something about um, in her 13 year old mind and worldview, you know, Buddy, her alien friend was a friend and the alien chasing them was an enemy. Um, but who gets to decide that? And and they have this beautiful, I mean, Norm, congratulitos. This is amazing. Did you say um, congratulitos? Congratulitos. I don't know where it's from a show or something, but I say it now. Um, Here's the quote. (laughs) We pull the weeds out of gardens because we want the plants we prefer to get all the sunlight and water. But it's an arbitrary choice. Who decided these plants were special and those weren't? Life isn't as special as we like to think it is. Crabgrass, begonia, human or alien. Life is life and it's abundant. The cold, hard truth is that for any one living thing to survive, inevitably, another living thing has to die. And, like, that's kind of patched together from a few different quotes, but, like, oh, my goodness. He's a great writer. He really is. Um, and somehow is friends with Tyler, which is, you know, <laughs> shocking. We've had a lot of great writers that We're are friends with you. We're a coffee friend. It's and great. And I'll never know why. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love you, Tyler. <laughs> But I mean, I think that's such a powerful idea, right? That like, you know, it's all about perspective. It's all about like, I mean, I just read that and it connected with me in a weird way because I have this lavender plant on my front stoop of my apartment and I was trying to like, I am really good at killing plants and I was determined. I put it at the front door so I'd water it all the time and I keep an eye on it and it still died. But then this weed started growing from the corpse of my lavender plant and the weed is like doing really well. Like it's shot way up. It's like really tall. It's really growing. And so I keep watering it because I'm like something's growing. Right. <laughs> like yeah. who am I to decide that like I wanted lavender, but I have this weed, but it's green and it's growing. And like, why would I kill it on purpose? And so I keep watering it. And I just felt like this connected with me in that way, because it is it's like, why do we decide what is beautiful or what is worthy um, and how do we decide it? And is our perspective the right one and what is right? And I think it just opened this huge wormhole that I thought was really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very existential question, actually, <laughs> is what it is. But uh, no, no, yeah, I, I got that that sense about it too, especially when we're looking at what they're just about to do in that particular, yeah, in in, in, the, in that particular uh, thing right there. When it even takes us back to you know our previous comic, um, which was a little while ago now because of the hundredth episode, but Crowded was all about you know who lives and who dies and who's worthy of living, right? Mm-hmm. And yep. you have this idea of who is worthy of living and how do we decide that. And, you know, whether someone's bad enough or good enough and who's the arbiter of that. Um, And I thought this brought back that a lot or even who's the hero of the story. Right. Because we have this moment towards the end that, you know, I won't say too much about. But um, who's the hero of the narrative and whose narrative is the protagonist? That's what they were having the, the argument about. Who's the protagonist? And this kind of selfish idea that we all think that we're the protagonist. Right. And maybe sometimes we're the supporting character and someone else is. And I think that's an interesting concept too well on the see me underside of that whole thing is like you know it's not always about you friend that's what i got from that specifically Mm -hmm. it's not always about you which is even then to go back to norm's point and your point about you know sequels and people remaking things it's not always about you it's not always for you exactly not everything is made for you as the audience which i think is something that's really powerful to think about these days because i think well yeah because they especially they had they had the group after one of their meetings or something they went to the movies or something they're all walking out of it and complain like why did it have to be remade yeah and and i'm thinking like yeah that's the exact attitude that some people have yeah and i think even as like feminism you know gets more and more steam 
and there's more diversity and there's more LGBTQ plus perspectives, I think a lot of times it's easy for people to kind of be like, well, this isn't what I'm used to or this isn't traditional. And it's like, well, it's not always supposed to be. We have to find new paths and try new things and reinvent things. And that might not always be comfortable to people, but it's not always for you. And I think that's a really powerful message. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also there was a point too about um, at, in another place, I won't give you context because um, this one I'm really trying to be spoiler free, but it says just because something's old doesn't make it junk. The space shuttle still operates on the same technology designed in the I 60s. I like that one too. And this whole thing about like, to me, this whole book was about perception, right? Like what is good versus bad? What is old versus new? How do we determine worth? Like what is worthwhile? Mm -hmm. Um, And sentimentality comes so much into that and like our own choices and what we give value to. Mm -hmm. When I go to the store and I pick up a stuffed animal, if I pick it up and hold it for long enough, I'm attached to it. It doesn't matter if like it's missing a stitch and it's brand new, you know, because I always try to find like the best one, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this thing is chipped. I'm going to get a perfect one and buy that because you're buying it. It should be brand new. But like something about stuffed animals, I like bond with them. And I'm like, I don't even care if it's eyes weird. Like, this is mine. And it is It's like, what do we assign value to? How do we decide what is worthwhile or what isn't? And right. how can we fight about that then, too? Mm-hmm. If we all assign different values. Um, and in the end, the sad thing is, is that that whole matter of that perspective and, you know, what what made them happy during their adventure and all that, in the end, we find that that becomes a means to an end of a, great, <laughs> of a greater foe because we see that with that fear monger guy right there and realizing, hey, you know, basically, you know, all of your all of your entire thoughts about it and everything, that's what my food is. And suddenly I realized fear isn't the thing that drives people the most. It's what it, it's. It's what it's what gave you your, your greatest perspective when you were happy, and he realizes he's eating a lot better nowadays with the with the with these uh, inspirational kind of thoughts of the past than he was with treading on people's fears. Yeah. So and- so, so when I saw him finally get his comeuppance toward the end with that, I was thinking like, hmm, it's so very true because you know what what drives us more I I believe are the mo- the moments when we are at our happiest than when we were during our most fearful. That's really true. Yeah. Well, and even like, this is kind of nerdy too, but going to like Harry Potter with the um, Bogarts or whatever, right? Like, it's like, it yes. turns into whatever you're the most afraid of. And the way that you mm-hmm. fight it is by thinking about what makes you the happiest. Exactly. And even Green Lantern or, you know, there's so many comparisons to that. Mm-hmm. But like, it's really what makes us happy that drives us and fuels us. And mm-hmm. we forget about how hard things have been. Or we, I mean, we don't forget, but we move forward and we focus on that joy. Mm-hmm. Um, but also we can get entangled into that joy. If the joy is in the past and we don't have it anymore, we can get wrapped up in it and refuse to forget it and refuse to move on. And that's just as dangerous as fear. Yep. In a way, it's fear of not ever having that again. It's its own type of fear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, it is a phobia it's deep um which, and, and to go into it <laughs> <Hashtag> I, <deep. laughs> I really loved that quote that jeff was just referencing it says um i had to stop inspiration from reaching you and nightmares wouldn't work um so he said people try to forget their nightmares it is joy that truly haunts a person there we go um and he says uh yeah i won't i'll leave my last quote for the spoiler ending but i mean this idea that joy can haunt you that you can always look back and say, oh, well, that relationship was perfect or that day was perfect or, you know, whatever. And you can't move on from it. And I think that's such a powerful concept. I think with that also is the idea of be careful what you wish for because you might mm-hmm. actually get it. Sometimes yeah. getting your wish isn't always the best thing either. 
Yeah. Or even that fear of losing what we do have. Mm-hmm. You know, I was talking about, like, I think I might want to come back to today and have a sequel to today. Yeah. And, like, I hope I won't feel the need for that. But, like, at this point, I'm more f- afraid of losing what I have than of, you know, like, of anything else. And yeah, I think that's I that's also really scary. And so I think you can get fear from joy in this really bizarre way. And I think it's something that we should all be careful of and just focus on the joy and live in it and appreciate what we had and, you know, look at the good that has come from it, but also be able to move forward because without that, what's the point? Exactly. It's a really, you know, yeah, we're amazing. Thank you for coming to our Ted talk (laughs) (laughs) about the sequels. But I mean, I think that's a testament to how great this book is. It really makes you think it makes you, stop and and have these conversations and think about it yourself and that's the kind of comics that i'm really drawn to and that i really appreciate and that really tend to come out and are really strong in the independent comic space oh yeah oh yeah is there anything else that you guys want to share during our spoiler free time and then we'll move into um buy this book buy this book yeah buy that book <laughs> All right, so we're going to move into just a few minutes of spoiler town. Rate, review, subscribe, check us out on the GrandGateGathering.com. And uh, everybody else, here's your sound effect that cues the spoilers. Tyler, what you got? Pass. That's not. <laughs> you just did 80 sound effects before we started this podcast. Wait, was it, wait what was it? Them. Give me a sound effect. <laughs> no, 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 I got it. Oh, that was a good one. Do the weird brrr thing. <laughs> Those are your sound effects, folks. Uh, it's spoiler time. Okay, that, it's a Nolan that was... movie now. <laughs> that was funny. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so to get into kind of the ending then, you basically have this concept of these four people who went back and had sequels to their adventures and nothing was what it seemed. And they find out that they've been duped the whole time and that all of these adventures were really just to make them focus on this thing that happened in the past and forget their own inspiration and forget their own exactly focus on the future, which is fascinating. All courtesy of Fearmonger. God, I like that character. It was it was very cool. And like, oh, my gosh, another thing about the art, that shot of like he's holding like an orb and it's like a screaming person with their eyes popping out. Oh, and then yeah, it turns yeah. into the like scream face. Exactly. Was phenomenal, Val. Oh, yeah phenomenal oh, he's no, no. looking at you that was haunting but what i liked about that was when he was holding that you get the semblance like hey this is what used to feed me right here but now i found other things now yeah it was it was really good and my quote from the end that i really loved was um we let you experience a childlike wonder as pure and potent as any ever felt and then we dropped you back into the mundane world we'd pulled you from like addicts with no more drug you all obsessed in your own way over mm-hmm. the lost high you gave no thought to today or tomorrow you focused only on yesterday yep. and this idea that like lost ambition and, and being immune to inspiration is like really the worst fate that we could have right exactly as if you as if you can think that it never will get any better than what it once was. Yeah. Like that's the worst thing that can happen to us. Right. It's kind of like that thing of like the opposite of love isn't hate. It's apathy. Exactly. It's this being stuck and not believing in a future and not believing that you can change anything or make the world better or or capture that high again, which is crazy. Um, but yeah, I really loved that. And I loved then, um, this concept then of, you know, Gwen turns out to kind of be the the protagonist here, which I thought was cool because I thought her story was kind of the most interesting in the way that her adventure had damaged her in a way that the other people weren't quite as damaged. 
Um, I don't know. I think Scratch was pretty damaged. <laughs> yeah, but he had lived in it. He benefited so much from it. Versus he benefited, she but remember, lost he, so much. But remember, he also had to. He, he also had to fake his story for a good many years, telling people that he actually slayed Dracula when it was actually the other way around. Which was such a great character too, because he has this like machismo and he's like the frat boy and like you can see the pain behind that of like knowing he lived a lie this whole time and not being able to tell anyone and i really loved all of these characters were so interesting and developed and they're all hiding this like secret pain yeah well especially in his case because it's like it's not so much that he was he he was forbidden from telling the truth but it's Mm -hmm. like who wants to come out and who wants to come out and say they were slayed by dracula only to be brought back it's like it'd be kind of embarrassing so it's like you know he's kind of Actually, maybe I guess he is kind of for his hands kind of forced in that. whole. Yeah, thing. he's living his own lie and creating his own truth. And like, what does that make? Right. You know, it's it's really interesting. Or, you know, Avery with Ollie and everything, having the idealized image that he was freeing him and sending him to Canada to go live <laughs> in the wild, only to realize he's been in that warehouse for 30 something odd years now. And he's just collecting dust. And it's pretty sad. Sad. And then he or, dies like instantly. Or, like, or how, or how in Gwen's case, uh, her good old buddy turned out to be probably not as, not as honorable as we thought we, he was. Yeah, I think it was all about perception, right? Let things aren't always what they seem. Yeah, and we so easily idealize things, and that's true too of like relationships. Exactly. When you meet someone and you kind of want them to be a certain thing, so you fit them in that box, and it's not always true. Sometimes it's your own fiction. Yeah, and like that, they saw what they wanted to see. Exactly. And it took the sequel that for them to 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 look back on it with impar- maybe not impartialized, but a new perspective and realize yeah. I was looking at this all through the eyes of a child. Now I see things more clearly now, which is such a great point, too, because we have so many of these amazing indie comics that are about and I kind of mentioned this, I think, before are about um, that period of adolescence, right, of finding yourself and finding your community and discovering who you are. And that usually happens when you're a teenager, right? Mm. And I think this is such a great, powerful story about an adult doing that. And like, mm-hmm. what kind of perspective do you get as an adult mm-hmm. that really is unique in its own right? You know, we don't have a ton of stories about adults. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're usually right. about younger people. And we're there past our, Right? We're past our prime and we're old. And it's like, no, like you can learn so much as an adult. And like, oh, the yeah. future is always still there. And if you are dwelling yeah. too much in the past, you're not going to have a future. Exactly. Um, and and finally, I, I want to call out too. I loved that Gwen wanted to kind of kill Fe- Fearmonger and like end it with her sword. And they convinced her. I think it was Dakota that convinced her um, that like they shouldn't physically fight, but go save the world with inspiration, and that he'll die from starvation. Um, and well, like, you can go ahead. Oh, what? I, what? I, well, I was thinking about that, uh, dude. I was just thinking. I was just thinking. Palpatine from Star Wars the entire time. It's like, dude, you know if you're going to strike him down, he's just going to get stronger. Yeah, it's like that's what he wants you to do is to physically strike him down because that 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 won't. Well, then you can die and nothing happens. But yeah, I mean, I think it was such a powerful message to say that like the pen is mightier than the sword. I guess right, but they could go and they could make a better future with inspiration. Yeah, and focus. You know. Don't be trapped in the past and the adventure and what you've had before, but focus on, you know, reality and the future and not a fantasy. And I thought that was so powerful and so great. And I and and it it ties into things like can say where it's about being your own hero in your own way. And like, how can you be a hero by saving someone else's life emotionally? Or, you know, how can you do everyday heroic things? I think so many of these comics are about being powerful in your own way. 
And your yeah. own way isn't always with a sword or on this big adventure. Your own way can be as simple as helping someone out or, you know, making a better future. Not all heroes wear capes. Yeah, absolutely. I dropped the mic, but it's on a stand. <laughs> 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 well, do you guys have any other thoughts, comments? No, buy the book. Go buy the book. Book y'all. Once again, buy that book. Get it. Buy that <laughs> book. You get a book, and you get a book, and you get a book. Hashtag fanbase press. Um, go to fanbase press. Uh, I'll, I'm gonna do the whole thing. Here we go, guys. Thanks for listening to the sequel to our last episode about the sequels. Check out our other podcast on iTunes and all podcast apps, like Spotify, and Stitcher, and Google Podcasts, and everything yeah. else. Wherever you get your podcasts. And check out our website, thegrandgeekgathering.com, for articles, videos, and more. Please also remember to rate, review, and subscribe. It really helps us, uh, and we'd love to hear your comments. Let us know what you think. Let us know if you find my voice annoying, because I do. Just share. <laughs> we want to hear it all. Give us our worst review. Give us our best review. We're open. Give us our worst review with a five star. Ooh, that's a fun challenge. Do that. We'll talk about you on the podcast. <laughs> uh, you can stay updated on our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and we stream on Twitch. The intro is provided by Cranston, and you can buy the sequels from fanbasepress.com at your local comic book shop. I bet they can order it for you. Comixology. Comixology online. You can get it anywhere. You can get it at yeah. Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con. If you're going to be there, we will oh, yeah. say hi. Reach, us, reach out to us on social media. Come and, you know, check out things that may or may not be happening. Keep an eye on our social media for that. Um, so thank you so much for listening and come and join the gathering. Have a great week and GGG. Yeah, sequels. Cool. <laughs>